podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. episode of 49ers Unrestricted. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited that we get to do multiple playoff podcasts this season. Uh, we were nervous. We were texting each other before the week leading up oh, to yeah. this game, and we were nervous for this game as every Niners fan should be. But I will say, so should the Cowboys fans leading up to this game because the Niners are just, I feel like we have just been, the Niners have just been that team that, you know, pulls out these wins and the Rams understand what I'm talking about more than <laughs> anyone else. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm, ex- I'm excited to debrief this game and look ahead to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. This game was, it had a little bit of everything. It had sheer incompetence to, to the point of utter hilarity from the Cowboys. Um, some of the funniest things I've ever seen coached. It had the 49ers almost blowing a huge lead, which we, we do need to talk about. And it had the 49ers playing a dominating first half that reminded me of the 2019, 2020 season in play in Super Bowl run. That has me feeling like if this team can put that together for a few more halves that the, there's nothing that could stop. Like there is nothing that stands in the way of this team making a Super Bowl if they play like they did the first half of that game. So there's and just that is there what, is, and that a lot is what we down. said about the Rams game. That's what we said yeah. about the Rams game is if hey if they can play like they did in the second half, all game long, we'll win every game. Yeah, but and now we're saying that for the same game, it's just a different half. Yeah, and the the first half was I I was watching this and I was like this feels like two seasons ago. Like this is a defense that is just smothering the opposing offense. The D line is just is smothering them and an offense that is running the ball down their throats. We probably have a better receiving core than we did then. Like I would say Brandon Ayuk is better than Emmanuel Sanders, although Emmanuel Sanders is probably a better route runner, but regardless, like a really good receiving core and a run game that is really stepped up. And so this team, when it plays well, I really think can hang with the best of them. And we'll get into that when we talk about the, this weekend's matchup against the green Bay Packers. But then, you know, the second half, Jimmy Garoppolo happened. Um, some bad coaching decisions happened and we did, we did let the Cowboys back into the game. And even in that dominating first half, there were a lot of drives that ended in field goals that I would say could, could have, and hopefully should have ended in touchdowns. And that also would have kept the Cowboys from getting to a point where they needed to make some really incompetent decisions to lose. So this game had everything and we'll, we'll really break it was, all down, but it really was a classic 49ers game in my mind. Um, yeah, our defense was the dominant force, which is what it usually is when we win games and they're, they're their dominant selves. They got five sacks against what I see to be the, as a great offensive line. The defensive and, line is, has been playing out of their minds the past couple of weeks. They really have. And again, they're, they're what kept us in the game, the defense as a whole, um, but largely credited to the defensive line. And so when the defense carries the majority of, of the work, it allows our offense to kind of be free and easy and do, do their job as well. But the defense is like the anchor of our team, not like yeah. it is the anchor of our team. And, and the, the but, defense, 
was able to do that, missing our two best superstar defensive players for a, for a decent amount of the game. When, when Bosa was out, I think in the third quarter and then Warner was out maybe early fourth quarter into the third with, with injuries. And we'll, we'll break those down later, but I mean, the defense still stepped up and made these plays and made these stops for a, in the fourth quarter, especially without Bosa and without Warner who are, I mean, there's no question. Those are the 49ers two best defensive players. So really heartening, like obviously terrifying to see these injuries, but really heartening to see the rest of the defense step up and still be able to perform to that level without those two superstars. Yeah, totally. Um, and to uh, continue my thought on how this was a classic Niners game is can't, the offense came out hot. The whole team came out hot and we looked really good. It looks like, oh, this is our game from the start. And that's how a lot of Niners games start out. And it's kind of this weird thing about oh, once they get ahead, they start to tail off. And it's, it's almost like they're only playing to not lose. And they want to just stay one touchdown or stay as ahead as they can, but not necessarily. Kyle Shanahan is still haunted by the 28 to three. I, re- I really think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but the Niners don't want to run away with the game. It seems, it seems like they just want to stay af- afloat almost. So it's a classic game where, as you said, we got a little bit of everything and a solid defense was a large part of that. Um, you know, it was a classic Jimmy Garoppolo game in my mind where he did his job. He looked sharp, mostly kind of, sort of, um, third quarter had an overthrown ball over a wide open Brandon Ayuk and the announcer pointed out it was about three yards over his head. Yeah. Classic Jimmy Garoppolo had a careless interception. Um, and when he's pressured, he makes horrible decisions. Careless is generous. That was yeah. not careless. That was stupid. He threw it right at him. And I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, we, we kind of know you just have that's baked in now at this point, like one really stupid interception is, is baked into the Jimmy Garoppolo experience. And you kind of just have to hope it comes in the first quarter so that there's enough time for the 49ers to overcome it. This one was bad, though. I mean, rolling out just completely unnecessary in, in every way. Kyler Murray's pick six last night makes makes Jimmy look a little bit better. That's true. You see That's true. Kyler the Murray. underhanded, underhanded Carson, that, that felt like a Carson Wentz play, like the left-handed pick six Carson Wentz. Oh, but it was almost, I mean, in a, in a playoff game right at the, the red zone, it was it was even worse, but... Um, Debo, just another game where I'm blown away by him. Um, his versatility is no joke. It's jaw dropping. Every time I see it, he is fast like no other, but even more than he is faster than most of the guys out there. He is shiftier than everyone out there. And yeah, there are so many plays that he just extends for five, 10 or way more yards than I'm anticipating him to get. Um, totally. And I, did you hear I, I think um... they're going to bring him down and they don't. Did you hear in the in the third quarter when he had the 49ers get um get a get a pick on on Dak? I think it was Kwan Williams. Yeah, who comes down with a great great interception. The next play, they score a touchdown. And apparently Debo just came up to Kyle Shanahan on the sidelines and said, Give me the ball, I got you. And then he had him, like cuts the run inside and breaks it off for a touchdown. Just a great, like there's something about players who can just know, like, hey, I can do this, like I got this. And Debo has become one of those. I mean, he maybe he always was, but he certainly has established himself as one of those guys this season. He obviously was the offensive MVP, but I want to give almost as much credit to Elijah Mitchell. And it's easy for Niners fans to forget that he was he was a sixth round pick, correct? 
Yeah. Sixth round pick. And he is in his first ever playoff game, getting 96 yards and a touchdown in his first career playoff game to help yeah. carry the 49ers offense to a victory against where they're against a team where they are very much the underdog. Like he averaged 3.6 yards per carry. He averaged more yards per carry than Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I mean, Elijah Mitchell has done everything this team has asked for him, asked and him more. and just, yeah. And more. And we, I mean, I think we, we talked about Elijah Mitchell in the off season and we both saw him as someone who could do well. And quite frankly, I'm proud of myself for that was one of my prouder takes is saying that he could produce in this offense. And for him, most went down, but I don't think either of us had this in mind in our wildest dreams of him just becoming a true workhorse running back in ways that really few guys have managed to be with the Kyle Shanahan 49ers. So especially really, this really early in his career. good to see, especially this early in his career. So just really, really good to see. And it seems like he came out of this healthy, which is a big deal. Cause he is, I mean, he's just been running the ball so much. He's taken a lot of hits. He's been, been taking some injuries. So nice to hear that he, Sounds like he's still healthy after this, and hopefully he can just keep it up um, this week against the Packers. The similar thing we've seen with uh, the Titans offense with Derrick Henry, where almost overwork, over usage, over workload um, is what we've seen where uh, his foot injury, we kind of talked about, hey, is this a true injury or is this over usage for him? And um, I don't think it's over usage for Elijah Mitchell is why we see a lot of his injuries. You know, just the, the more rushing attempts, the more, opportunity there is for him to get injured um but we can point out to each and every play essentially where he's picked up that injury it's not as much of just the usage but it is more of a opportunity for that but yeah speaking of another young guy who has played above where we had imagined another great game from Jawan jennings where he has shown up in those clutch moments and i'm more and more impressed with this kid every single game yeah and it's been fun to see the ways where he's each like game, a third down guy yeah. Like he's like what Kendrick Bourne used to be, where it'd be like, he's not going to do anything impressive, but like he's going to be open and convert a first down for you. Most third downs, if you need them, that's Jawan Jennings now. And it's been fun to see the ways where like this game, Debo was not the leading receiver. He wasn't the leading rusher either. Cause obviously Elijah Mitchell was, but he's kind of like yeah. second in both categories or those games where he is the leading rusher um, in terms of yards or touchdowns. But when Debo kind of takes a backseat with receptions and yardage, Brandon Ayuk has been stepping up big time over the last few weeks as the lead receiver when Debo is more of a rusher. And Jawan Jennings has stepped up as the number two guy. You know, Kittle not factored into the receiver ranking here, but I mean, Kittle had one reception this last game. And yeah, the 49ers have really been leaning on Kittle as a blocker these past couple of weeks. Um, but I do expect that to change this weekend, but we'll see. I agree because he was not just a blocker against the Packers in week three. No, and no, no, no. there's no way they're going to win a game uh, against the Packers with just using him as yeah. a blocker. But he is yeah, so, incredible on the block, but they're going to need him in all the ways. Yeah, let, let's break down a couple more, a couple more things from the game. First, I want to address any Cowboys fans, listeners we have out there. You did not lose because of the refs. You lost because your team was dumb and incompetent and your coach did not lead them well or establish discipline or any of that. I saw Cowboys fans whining and Cowboys players and coaches, Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott included whining about the refs, not letting them play any of this. 
a lot of these penalties were pre-snap penalties. You had multiple defensive holding calls on your D linemen. They were ridiculously blatant. Like this was insane. You don't see too many of those penalties very often. All of these were on you. Like I watched this and I was like, oh, it's feeling like a ref show. And then every time they'd blow a whistle, they'd show the replay. And I'd be like, how do you not call that? Like that was blatantly obvious. Like multiple times we're just Randy Gregory in the neutral zone. Like that is not not letting them play. That is you doing dumb stuff. Like pre-snap stuff is on the coaching staff and is on the players. So Cowboys fans, that's on your team. Like get out of here with the rest and let us play. Like that is your 14, fault. 14 penalties is a new NFL playoff record. And it cost yeah. them, what do we say? 89 yards, 89 and- yards and penalties. And that is just a, you know, that is a free full drive down the field. Yeah. And then you have the Cowboys doing the stupid keep the punt team on after they the Cowboys convert a first down on a fake punt, which, by the way, just get Josh Norman off the field. I don't know what has happened to him the last month, but he they should never have converted that fake punt. But that's beside the point. Then they keep the punt team out and Tony Romo. Good, good. Tony Romo trying to make Jerry Jones happy is lying through his teeth, pretending that this makes sense. Like Tony Romo's on the microphone, like, well, I've seen this before. It's like, no, no, you haven't. You've seen teams do the opposite of this, where they keep the offense out on fourth down and then have the punt team run out at the last second to maybe trick the team into calling a timeout. And Tony's Tony Romo's like, well, he wants to convince them they have the wrong personnel out, so they're going to call timeout. It's like, well, they they have the defense out. Like, they don't think you're going to punt. Like. They don't believe that you're going to punt on first down. So they're not going to be like, oh, shoot, we got to get our punt return team out there. So let's let's call a first let's call a timeout. Like it was just it was just idiotic. And then they get the delay of game penalty on that. It was I've never seen anything like it. It was so funny. I made Daniel watch something you really want to see uh, in a playoff game. Yeah, I made Daniel watch a video of it because it was it was so dumb. And then, of course, you have the 49ers. The 49ers let them back in this game. The 49ers had incompetence of their own. And they they have a chance finally to put away this game after letting the Cowboys back in it when they, when they run this QB sneak and get a false start penalty because for some reason, and Kyle Shannon said after the game, like, oh, Jimmy was just overexcited and, and snapped the ball a little early. Yeah, if you watch the replay, you can you can see that Trent was not completely set, and so they didn't wait long enough for yeah, him but, to get in line there. But here's my question. Why is Trent Williams in motion? Like, why do we have a QB sneak play where Trent Williams goes into motion and runs from the left side to the right side? Like, I don't really, like, maybe I'm missing something, but I don't understand what that adds to the QB sneak. We need to pick up, like, six inches. Like, I I really don't understand what, what the point of that was like why i don't know why trent needed to go into motion there the only explanation that i would think of without you know hearing from them is you know if 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 you're the best left tackle in the nfl is switching sides the plays to the right you know you're you're following that guy if he said emotion so maybe that was simply it is they wanted to trick him thinking that the play was going right behind trent leading the charge and went up the middle um does that warrant the risk of that? No, I, w- I would say no. Yeah. Um, but I also think that Kyle was pretty confident that sending, sending Trent in motion wouldn't cost them 
the flag and that is something yeah, professional and, linemen should and quarterback should be able to coordinate, but sure. That's a good point. It shouldn't have cost them the flag either way. We should talk about before we get to the, the ending of the game, there were two pretty scary injuries in this game, both for the health of the players and you do have to talk about the football implications for the 49ers playoff chances going forward. That's Nick Bosa getting completely rattled in the head. Apologies. I didn't see which 49ers player it was. It was not the 49ers players fault. The Cowboys guy is holding Nick Bosa. Luckily he did get called pulling him to the ground. And then Bosa takes a knee to the face neck gets snapped way back. So Bosa is out. I believe he's still currently in the concussion protocol, but after the game, Bosa's dad, and this is Nick Bosa, by the way, the announcer, she kept saying Joey Bosa. She did it twice. I don't know how you do it twice. I, can't imagine there's not a producer in your ear like it's Nick Bosa. Like, what are you doing? Anyways, so Bo- Nick Bosa's dad after the game was saying he's fine, was telling the media he's fine. So I, like, yes, there are hurdles to clear in terms of the concussion protocol. I I think Bosa plays on, on, on Saturday. And then Fred Warner was, that was a really scary one, watching Warner go down because it's a non-contact injury. And if you saw it, he was in, in significant pain. I mean, he was he was hollering, looked like he was crying. But then we hear like later in the game that he is warming up on the sidelines, that it was actually I thought, you know, he's torn his ACL. He's done. Um, but then you hear it's an ankle injury. He's actually warming up on the sidelines. He might come back in by the end of the game. He's jumping up and down celebrating. And yesterday, Fred Warner tweeted, sorry for the scare, everyone. I appreciate everyone showing love and support for me and the fellas. We'll be good to go. Huge win on to the next. So. From the source himself, Fred Warner. Fred Warner will be fine playing on Saturday. So that's that's great news. But that was that was a huge scare there. I thought he was done for the season. I thought it was an ACL. Probably much more of a, a scare factor injury. Yeah, I think I think At least probably rolled, resulted. It seems sounded like he rolled an ankle. I mean that is painful. But yeah, so good good to hear he's going to be back. So all of this culminates in the Cowboys have a drive have a drive to win. And they are are picking the Niners apart. They're now in six points. They're they're picking the Niners apart on this offensive drive. They're getting, the 49ers are in prevent defense, which makes sense. But the Cowboys are getting the ball, getting out of bounds, gaining yards. They're in Niners in a look that Niners are in a look they don't like. Shanahan calls timeout. There are 14 seconds left on the clock. Now, Cowboys fans, in case you think the refs screwed you over here, all NFL players. Anyone you talk to has been saying you need at least 16 seconds if you're going to run a run play to make sure you can get the spot and get the ball off. The Cowboys call a quarterback draw. Dak Prescott runs up the middle for about 17 yards, goes down, hands the ball to his center, tries to get the snap off in time. The ref comes running through, shoves Dak out of the way because the ref has to touch the ball before it can be snapped. So the ref is trying as hard as he can to help the Cowboys, but he's not a professional athlete, so he can't keep up with these guys. So he's sprinting, gets it just in time. Apparently, the Cowboys actually did get the snap off in time, but the clock ran out as Dak Prescott was spiking the ball, the ref runs out of the field, goes, the game is over. They peace out. (laughs) The crowd freaks out. And the 49ers fans, the 49ers skate by in the, in the divisional round in a game that really they should have, they should have won. Now 
after this game, everyone breaking it down, I, I listened to Mitchell Schwartz today on the athletic football show. And he basically was like, yeah, I don't know what he was doing. Like we used to practice that situation every week. And every week the coaches would say, you hand the ball directly to the ref. You do not hand it to your teammate. You run it up and you hand it to the ref so they can spot it. Like he's like, that's just bad coaching that they didn't know how to do that. So again, Cowboys, that's on your coach. But the fact that it came down to that does scare me, Daniel, because the 49ers dominated this game up till that point. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? The 40, I don't think it ever should have come down to that. I'm relieved the 49ers won. It was funny. I like laughing about it, but it, it really should not have come down to that. Yeah. And I think that's part of why I say that it's a classic Niners game, at least of this season where they come out hot and they get ahead, but then they tail off and it, they, their coverage lessens. Actually, I would say they blow their coverage as, as we get later in the game. And the last two drives is what really scares me um, because our, our defense does. I, I honestly don't even know what, what to, to call it, what they do, but they, they ease off in the way where we talked about how the, the Niners offense is designed perfectly to a lot of NFL defenses where they just try to cut off the deep threats. I feel like, we almost do the opposite because a lot of the deep threats we allow in the last few drives of the game, but we also don't rush that often, or at least we don't send in a full blitz. Um, the announcers even pointed out, like, are they going to be rushing? Are they going to be sending guys? Because we don't do that very often. That's not something Demeca Ryans has put into effect a whole lot this year. And that's been helpful, but our defense in the last few minutes is what really scares me. And honestly, yeah, they they do so well in the start and seem to win us the game, but then they don't get to keep us in there. So I don't know if you observe something different and different in those last few moments, but it really seems like the defense does not have the stamina to play all four quarters in my mind so far. Yeah. And I, I think just all four quarters, this was just such a, the 49ers play the first half twice. This game is not close and none of this stuff happens. So the 49ers did let the Cowboys back into the game. We were able to put it away. The Cowboys shot themselves in the foot. We won. We were the better team on Sunday. No question about it. And that was that was a storyline of what I kept telling myself before this game. And I, I don't remember if I said it on our last week's podcast that this is a tough game. Of course, the Niners are the underdog, but be careful because both of these teams have a history of being their own worst enemy. And that is exactly what we saw where – as you said, the Cowboys shot themselves in the foot where they were yeah. their own worst enemy. They were the biggest factor to them losing um, 14 penalties is no, no, there's no excuses for that. That's no, that would have been, a, so. that would have tied the record for most penalties in a playoff win. So, I mean, only one team has ever done, had that many penalties and still won their playoff game. Like yeah. the cow, like, I don't know if we have any Cowboys fans, listeners, but just you are wrong if you are blaming the refs. Like Dak Prescott specifically, who commended fans who were throwing trash at the refs. Like Dak, come on. Like you know that it's your fault. Like you actually do know this. Like that, I just, I don't respect that at all. That, and I, I used to respect Dak. I really don't after that. Like that's all, like it was clearly on him and he and McCarthy are whining that it's the refs. These were pre-snap penalties. Like that's not the refs. Yeah. Um, they certainly were the reason as we, we've said, so 
Um, I got a couple last two thoughts before we can move on to next week and look ahead at our next rival game. Um, we got a shout out. We have Emmanuel some Mosley. injury news to break down. Don't worry. We got a shout out Emmanuel Mosley who had 10 tackles for a cornerback. That is quite a few. Um, yeah. And those are, those are 10 solo tackles, all him. And that is a whole lot, man. Uh, Kawan Williams seems to usually be our guy who comes up with the interceptions in those clutch moments. Um, you know, it makes sense for one of our corners, one of our nickel players to be getting those interceptions in those moments. That was a great, a great pick from Williams. Not an easy one either. Um, and last defensive note is another positive game from Amber Thomas. We've talked the last few weeks about his growth and I don't think it was as, you know, electric of a game from him as it was in LA and how could it be because he won the game, but just another step in the right direction for him, I would say. Totally. Totally. Just a great, a great performance by the 49ers. Like we talk about how the wheels kind of fell off at the end. That doesn't change the fact that this was a good performance from the 49ers and that, that like, I, I think this team can beat anyone. Like I, I'm not buying my Super Bowl tickets, but it is, I have no longer dismissed it as a possibility. Does that make sense? Like I am officially in on this team, potentially making the Super Bowl. Officially in on this team, potentially making the Super Bowl. You heard it here first, I, folks. I would say that this, this Saturday is the tell-all. If if we beat the Packers, especially you know what we've talked about earlier in the season when we said, "Hey, we're playing the Jaguars, and that's a big game because if it's a close one, that's going to tell you a lot about our team." Is that you know we barely beat the Jaguars, right? And it wasn't a close one, and it was a blowout, and that's what we needed to see. So that told us a lot about the team. And so, I mean, it, it does not matter how we beat the Packers. If we beat them at all because of the incredible team that they have been this season, we, I think that this is potentially the, the toughest matchup that we'll face all playoffs. You know, I agree. Depending on who we see in the Super Bowl, if we make it that far, um, I would still put the Packers being a tougher matchup than the, the Bills or the Chiefs, who I expect to see in the Super Bowl for the AFC. Yeah, and just and don't forget that this 49ers team hung with these Packers to barely losing by a field goal on a last second Aaron Rodgers drive. And now here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers score at the end of that game on Sunday. Like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers pull off that drive. So we need to put them away more than that, but this team can hang with them. And I mean, don't forget the last couple times the 49ers and the Packers have played in the playoffs. Don't forget the last time the 49ers went to Lambeau in the playoffs. Like these things matter. These histories matter. And Aaron Rodgers is remembering this going in and this team can, can do this. I will say I'm, I'm, terrified like i'm more scared of potentially having to play tom brady in the playoffs i've been thinking about this for weeks like is this people who are fans of afc teams is this how you feel all is this how you felt like your entire lives the past 20 years just being like well it doesn't even matter because we're probably gonna have to play tom brady and he's gonna beat us that's kind of how i feel but anyway i am i am not an afc fan obviously as a niners but i can confirm for you that is that is how anyone feels in the afc there's no way it's not yeah so Anyway, we got to we got to face Aaron Rodgers and he's Aaron Rodgers. Like this is going to be a crazy game. And so let's talk about a little injury news going in. Nick Bosa still in the concussion protocol. Kyle Shanahan said yesterday he expects him to play. All signs point to Bosa clearing the protocol, but with head injuries, 
anything can happen at any time. You can always take a turn for the worst. So got to keep an eye on the recovery news there. Fred Warner, I mean, like we said, has come out and announced that he is healthy and good to go. There's a couple other injuries here and there. Ambry Thomas is dealing with a bone bruise in his knee. But the big one that came out yesterday is that Jimmy Garoppolo has a sprain in his throwing shoulder. And I believe was a limited participant at practice today, or maybe was a, a limited participant if it would have happened today. I always forget with those reports. But anyway, Jimmy G now has a thumb injury and a shoulder injury in his throwing arm. Sounds like he sustained it during the game. Everything I'm hearing from people I follow on Twitter is like, yeah, he's going to be fine. Like he's going to start on Sunday, on Saturday. But I mean, it's a shorter week-ish for the 49ers. The Packers are coming off the bye. You know, anytime there's injuries, Jimmy Garoppolo news, it makes for an exciting week of speculation with, you know, the Trey Lance rookie quarterback situation. So Jimmy having an injury in his throwing shoulder is, is not great going into this game. I fully expect to see the 49ers utilize the same game plan from the last time they played the Packers in the NFC Championship, which was, we don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's just run the heck out of the ball right down their throats until they can stop us, and they, they couldn't stop us, and I'm not sure they can stop us now. And so, I expect to see a yeah. lot of a lot of Debo Samuel running the ball as well. I do too. Um, because that's where a lot of the trickery, trickery comes in. Um you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners try a, a similar play to some of the stuff the Cowboys did. There's two plays I'm thinking of where I believe it was a pass to Cedric uh, Willis Wilson. Cedric Wilson, is that his name? Yeah, Number Cedric one. Wilson. I think he's he's our fourth yeah, receiver. Yeah. Um, they did a pass to him, and he did a nice little flip to C.D. Lamb, or maybe I have that switched around. But there was two different plays where they tried to do a lateral or a pitch back to one of the receivers off of a, a catch. And I can only anticipate the Niners doing their own version of that to try to trick the Packers in any way they can. Um, as you said, it's, it's a Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur rematch. And we love that. We love to see that. It's fun to watch these two guys go at it. Arguably more fun to watch these two guys go at it than it is to watch us go against Sean McVay, except for the fact that Kyle owns Sean and Kyle doesn't necessarily own Matt, at least in the way that he does Sean McVay quite yet. So it'll be a close game. It'll be fun to see what these guys can bring against each other yet again. Um, Week three was a fun game, a lot less implications on the line. Um, And so now that in this crucial time, so I anticipate a lot of the receptions being to George Kittle short plays where he's going to try to get some yak but a lot of running plays, a lot of designed flips to Debo. Yeah. Um, maybe even I gets involved in that way, but we're going to need a lot of Elijah Mitchell, obviously, as well. I do think one, one change that we're going to see is I expect Kittle to be the focus of the passing game this game. The Packers have not Agreed. been very good against tight ends. If you saw like a couple weeks ago, they played the Ravens in a game that they, they barely won. And the Ravens, Mark Andrews, their tight end, just absolutely gutted them and Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the NFL but he's he's not George Kittle and so I I really expect the passing game to flow through Kittle and the run game to still be the focus of the offense I I think this is going to feel like a 2019 game where we just run 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 try to limit Jimmy's opportunities to mess it up quite frankly um but obviously that all goes to hell if and when you um you fall behind and it's easy to fall behind the best offense and the best quarterback in the NFL. I will say the 49ers are a more balanced offensive team. 
the majority of the time, teams that won the Super Bowl were top 10 in both offensive and defensive DVOA. The 49ers are top 10 in both. I think the Packers are number two in offensive DVOA and like 22nd in defensive DVOA. And so I think the, the 49ers are not as outclassed and outmatched here as we might think. This Packers defense is not is not particularly good. And obviously they're they're they make up for a lot by the fact that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but anything can happen at any second. And so this game, I'm I'm beyond excited for this game. And if we win, I'm kind of hoping the Rams beat the Bucks because I have a good feeling about the 49ers against the oh, Rams. Yeah. And you already heard my thoughts on Tom Brady. So you know, I, I wrote I, down I wrote down some questions about this this game looking ahead. And one of them was how can George Kittle get more involved? And yeah. you just answered it perfectly where the Packers defense hasn't been stellar against tight ends and we have a pretty dang good tight end. So I agree. I expect uh, George Kittle to be the leading target um, targets, receptions, maybe uh, hopefully receiving yards as well. Um, but again, I think I agree right with you that it'll be a big run game. Elijah and Debo leading the way there. Um, and I agree with you as well that I hope the Rams beat the bucks, yeah. which I, I, I do think is possible. Yeah, I texted a friend of mine who's a Rams fan, and I was like, hey, like, why don't you take care of Brady, and we'll take care of Rodgers, and then we'll just we'll figure this out ourselves like next week. Well, we already know how it's going to go. I mean, Yeah, but I didn't I, tell him that. I don't want to. I, I feel know, pretty, I pretty confident mean. saying we beat them twice in the regular season, and I know. I'd be I would love, I would love nothing more than a 49ers-Rams NFC championship game. I'm with you. Like, I think, obviously, you don't want to – you don't ever like, – but yeah, like I, I would feel much better going into that game than I would against the Bucks. I would still think the 49ers can beat the Bucks, but Tom Brady scares the crap out of me. But I think that the Rams, now after we just after what we did to them two weeks ago, yeah, give me the Rams over the Bucks for Absolutely. sure. Obviously, we don't want to look that far ahead because we have to get by Aaron Rodgers first. So as much as Jimmy having a relatively clean game matters, as much as George Kittle being involved and our run game needing to be the offensive MVP as much as all of that matters. I believe again, once again, no surprise here that it comes down to our defense. If our defense can have a sharp game, if Ambry Thomas can, can be locked down as locked down as he can be, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to target him. He's going to test him. Um, yeah. If our defensive line is as healthy as it was against the Cowboys, if Bose is playing, and the the back the back few if we've got Warner healthy as well, which it seems like he said he will be. Uh, yeah. If we have both those guys playing, it's it's all. I mean, even if they're not playing, it's all up to the defense about how well they can shut down Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and and let, let's and just say how thing. how well they can contain them. Yeah, I was gonna say it's slow down, right? Like I don't I don't think shut down is possible. Now we've done it before. I mean, we did it two years ago in the NFC championship, like shutting them down is a possibility. And our D line is much better is much, much better than it was when we played them in week three of this season. But yeah, I think it's more of a, it's a slowdown. It's not a shutdown. It's a slowdown. It's a hope the 49ers can have some of those seven or eight minute scoring drives where they just keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. We want this to be a quick game. We want to possess. We want this to be, you know, a 40 to 20 minute time of possession game. And we want, we need a couple key sacks on Rodgers to slow him down. And some yeah. random thought I just had was, you remember Javon Kinlaw? Yeah. We haven't, we haven't, I mean, there's been no reason to talk about him in the last few weeks as he's done for the year, 
But as you're talking about how good our defensive line is and how it, it's better than it was in week three, I was like, okay, why was it better? Who was out? I'm like, okay, I'm remembering Javon Kinlaw. Yeah. Our first round pick hasn't even been playing. And yeah, I don't even, our yeah, defensive line has still been awesome. Our defensive line. I mean, Chris Coke, Kusurik, I think is how you pronounce his name. Our D line coach the past few seasons. Like man, he, what he does is day in and day out the 49ers D line. And the fact that it's gotten better over the year. And if you'll remember the big storyline from the Packers game was we were like, Nick Bosa is going to feast. And he was just like, I, I couldn't get by the chip help. And then it was like, nobody on, they just kept chipping them and double teaming them. And nobody on the rest of the D line stepped up this D line that has come into form over the past month or so they step up when you go to double team and chip Nick Bosa. So I, I really expect to get a lot more pressure on Rogers than we did last time around. Now that doesn't always matter against Rogers because he can get the ball out so fast because he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. And he's going to be the MVP, but I still think we can get more pressure on him than, than we did last time around. And I really think our offense can score on this defense and it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride. If let's we hope have, Jimmy plays. Let's hope Bosa plays. Healthy, let's hope Warner plays. If everyone's healthy, do you think we blitz more against the Packers than we did against the Cowboys? No. Dak Prescott is much more likely to be frazzled by a blitz than Aaron Rodgers is. Aaron Rodgers is going to see that and hit Devontae Adams on a quick seam, quick slant, and it's over. I totally agree. You know, I, we, my my I, thought I was we, that they're going to have. I don't think we're blitzing Aaron Rodgers much at all. Yeah, I think that they're just going to trust the the four or five guys they have out there for the D-line each play um, and hope that they can break free. It'll be one-on-one matchups. Hopefully, Bosa can break – oh, hopefully he's healthy and he can break free. Um, yeah. We know David that the, Pac- the Packers' had... left tackle is back now, but he is he's coming off an ACL surgery that – what I think had some complications kept him out for most of the year. He will, he will be back now. He came back like week 18, but still he's got to be a little rusty and they're coming off this bye. I mean, Nick Bosa in your face after you've barely played football for the past year or so, I wouldn't yep. want it. Yeah. So I'm, I think that we'll have a little better coverage this game because less blitzing as, as you said, Rogers is not going to be frazzled by the blitz. And I think that, we, we have multiple plays to see where Prescott was. Um, but Rogers says, okay, I got seven guys coming. Great. Where's Devonte? Because he's going to be more open than he is without that blitz. So I expect to see a little, a little shift in that defense than we did against the Cowboys and rightfully so. So we got a fun one to look forward to. Um, again, just feel like we're, we're saying the same thing when we say, hey, you got to watch the injury report. You got to know who's healthy and who's out because if you sit down and watch the game on Saturday and you're like, oh, Bose is not playing, you're just going to be disappointed and worried from the start. At least for me, I need to have that prepared before I sit down and watch the game and, and be up to date with those news. So, yeah, Jimmy and, and G this and game Bose is are those two big guys to watch. And this game is Saturday night. It's around five Pacific time. It's going to be on Fox. We got Aikman Buck. I'm sure Aikman is still furious. He didn't get a chance to call Cowboys 49ers on Sunday, but he's probably thankful because he would have just been dripping with disdain towards the Cowboys, which would have been real fun to listen to. But anyway, it's going to be a fun, a fun game. It's going to be one to remember. And the nice thing is 49ers fans is a month and a half ago, we did not see ourselves here. So just remember that this, this season has, 
was one that we were, a lot of us were writing off as a failure and has, has turned into a resoundingly successful season, I would say. And so just, yeah, just trust this team. Um, I think I haven't a lot over the years, over the course of this season. And I've just come away with, they really do know what they're doing. And the 49ers really are, are a good team. And I'm, I'm just excited to see what happens. So if this is the end, Thank you for riding with 49ers unrestricted on our inaugural season. Really hope it's not the end though. And that we'll, we'll be here next week, breaking down, hopefully a Rams game. And yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. It's been great. And it's going to continue to be great. Big one coming. Any final thoughts to the listeners, Daniel? No. All right. Stay safe out there, everybody. Nick Bosa, please get out of the concussion protocol.